from the Hadamard Catechism, we read together Lord's Day 52. What is the sixth petition? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That is, in ourselves we are so weak that we cannot stand even for a moment. Moreover, our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh, do not cease to attack us. Will you therefore uphold and strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that in this spiritual war we may not go down to defeat, but always firmly resist our enemies till we finally obtain the complete victory. How do you conclude your prayer? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That is, all this we ask of you because as our king, having power over all things, you are both willing and able to give us all that is good. And because not we, but your holy name should so receive all glory forever. What does the word amen mean? Amen means it is true and certain. For God has much more certainly heard my prayer than I feel in my heart that I desire this of him. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, are you familiar with the hymn, Onward, Christian Soldiers? The first verse goes as following. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ, the royal master, leads against the foe. Forward into battle, see his banners go. And the refrain is, Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Although this hymn has at times been criticized, it's based on an important scriptural truth. It teaches us that we are involved in a spiritual battle under the banners of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see yourself as a Christian soldier? Do you even know that there's a battle going on? Do you recognize the devil, this world, and your own sinful flesh as enemies? Beloved, are you fighting the good fight of the faith? With what weapons are you arming yourself? These are some of the questions that come up when considering the sixth petition and the doxology of the Lord's Prayer. For the last part of the Lord's Prayer, we learned that we're involved in a spiritual battle, that we need the help of Christ, our victorious King. In the sixth petition, we pray, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This petition relates directly to the enmity that exists between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. In it, we pray that our Heavenly Father will help us withstand the attacks of the evil one. In the, doc, in the doxology of the Lord's Prayer, we pray, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. With these words, we acknowledge that as our King, Christ has power over all things. 
And so in the Lord's Prayer, Christ teaches us, our Heavenly Father will help us in our spiritual warfare. I preach you the word of God under the following theme. Christ teaches us to pray for deliverance from our sworn enemies. In praying the sixth petition, we need to recognize the attacks of our sworn enemies, to remember the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to rely on the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. To know what it means when we pray, lead us not into temptation, we need to know what temptations are. So what are temptations? Temptation is an enticement to do something wrong. To understand what it means to be tempted, it's helpful to see how Satan tempted the Lord Jesus at the beginning of his public ministry. Satan's first temptation was, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. It was a real temptation Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry, and he had the power to do as Satan said. The second temptation was, throw yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple, for the Bible says that God has promised to give his, his angels charge over you. They will bear you up, lest your foot strike a stone. It too was a very real temptation. If Jesus threw himself down and was saved by the angels, it would confirm that his father was truly with him. It would strengthen Jesus, who was just at the beginning of his public ministry. But then, like Gideon, he would have a direct sign from God that the Lord was with him. For the third temptation, Satan took Jesus up on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Satan said to Jesus, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. It was a very great temptation. Jesus was just beginning his ministry. He faced a long road of suffering. He would be misunderstood and rejected and mocked and reviled by his own people. He'd be, be, he'd be betrayed and forsaken by his own disciples. He'd be cursed and rejected by his own father. And Satan was offering him an easy way out. He said there didn't need to be war between them. He offered Jesus a ceasefire agreement, an armistice. He would give Jesus all the kingdoms of the world without any suffering. All Jesus had to do was bow down and worship him. From these temptations of our Lord, we see what it means to be tempted. To be tempted means to be enticed or lured into doing something that's wrong. Often the temptation is dressed up in some way that the wrong is hidden from us. In the temptations of Christ, Satan three times quoted from the Bible itself. His basic line is this. God may have said certain things, but you should listen to me and not to God. Then you can live however you like, and you can do what you want. Then you'll be free and happy. No war, but peace. 
Satan tries the same approach with us, beloved. He wants us to forget that God put enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. He wants us to conform to the ways of this world. He wants us to give up to our sinful desires. The message our society teaches is, you're in control of your own life. You can do what you want. You should do whatever makes you happy. Live a little. Enjoy what the world has to offer. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. Yeah, beloved, we are heirs of the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ came into this world with the express purpose of saving us from our sins. He walked the pathway of suffering to redeem us. He said no to all Satan's temptations in order to be able to present himself as a perfect sacrifice to God. Christ has claimed us as his own possession. We belong to him. Through his redeeming work, God has claimed us as his sons and daughters. God has made us part of his family. He has given us his spirit, causing us to be born again. The spirit sanctifies us. He helps us live holy lives to God's glory. Out of thankfulness for God's mighty works for us and in us, we're called to live our lives to the glory of God. And yet in our lives, we continue to be faced with various temptations. We're involved in what our catechism calls spiritual warfare. We know that Christ has dealt Satan a death blow with his victory on the cross. Yet the enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent will continue until the final day. Today, this struggle is going on all around us. It's a battle over our souls. Satan and all his evil forces are arrayed against us. Yet we have Christ, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, and all the holy angels on our side. In the sixth petition, Christ teaches us to pray for deliverance from our enemies. We pray and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Our catechism makes it clear that we're involved in a spiritual battle. It uses battle terminology. It speaks of enemies, attacks, spiritual war, defeat, and victory. In this petition, we confess that of ourselves, we are very weak. That we can't withstand our enemies. We look to our Heavenly Father for support. We pray that He will strengthen us so we may stand firm against our enemies. In order to wage the battle, we need to know who our enemies are. Our Catechism speaks about three sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. The Bible makes it clear that the evil one, also called Satan and the devil, is our enemy. In Ephesians 6, verse 12, Paul makes it clear that our struggle is not against human adversaries, but against Satan and his forces. Paul writes, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14, Paul warns us not to be led astray by Satan's craftiness. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Ephesians 4.27 warns us not to give opportunity to the devil. James 4.7 tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from us. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Revelation 12, verse 12 warns us that the devil has come down to earth in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Yes, beloved, we face a powerful enemy whose goal is to turn us away from the Lord and his service. Satan has accomplished much in the Western world over the past 50 years. He has changed people's outlook on life. Many people used to believe in God and used to care about their neighbor. But increasingly our society has become self-focused. Many used to think that marriage was between a man and a woman. That it was supposed to be for life. Now we're told we must accept same-sex relationships and that divorce is okay. All kinds of things that used to be labeled as wrong are now accepted with a spirit of tolerance. That has an effect on us as God's people. In 1 John 2, the apostle warns us not to love the world or anything in the world. Yet, beloved, if we're honest, we're all tempted to set our desires on earthly things. So often we focus on getting what we want, whether that be material possessions or status or happiness. Satan uses our desires to tempt us. He causes us to lose sight of the fact that we will inherit this world. He gets us to run after things that have no lasting value. There's a great temptation for us to conform to the ways of this world. Are we any less affected by the rat race than our unbelieving neighbors? Why is it, beloved, that life has become so busy? Do we set the right priorities in life? How many of us spend less than an hour a day listening to the radio or to music, reading the newspaper, watching TV, or browsing the internet? And in comparison, how much time do you spend reading the Bible, praying, and singing praise to God? Well, we don't have much difficulty devoting an evening to sports or entertainment. Why is it such a struggle to make it to Bible study? Even in this time when we're faced with COVID-19, we're living in a time of material prosperity. 
We don't just have food on our tables and clothes on our back. We have homes to live in, cars to drive, toys to amuse us. We can afford to go on holidays and spend money on renovations. Compared to many in this world, we receive an abundance of blessings from the hands of the Lord. But how is our prosperity affecting us? We get caught up with the mentality that we need to keep up with the Joneses. Beloved, are you content with what the Lord has given you? Are you always striving for more? Do you give your first fruits to the Lord? Or does he just get the leftover scraps from beneath your table? Do you have an eye for the needs of God's kingdom? You give liberally to support mission and those who are in need? Or do you just consider the money that you have as being earned by you to do with as you please? Beloved, consider our scripture reading from 1 Corinthians 10. The Apostle Paul uses the people of Israel to teach us some lessons. Paul notes the many blessings that Israel received. They were delivered from Egypt. They passed through the Red Sea. They were provided with food and drink in the desert. They were privileged to have God dwell with them in the midst of their camp. And yet, despite all their blessings, with most of them, God was not pleased. They died in the wilderness. Why? Because they succumbed to the temptations that were placed before them. They did not stand firm against the attacks of the devil and the world and their own sinful flesh. God was not number one in their lives. They were. Paul warns us not to lust after evil things as they lusted. He tells us not to become idolaters as were some of them. He warns us not to commit sexual immorality or to tempt Christ or to complain. Otherwise, we too will fall under the judgment of God. So how do we fight the good fight? How do we stand firm in the midst of temptations? First, by recognizing that we're involved in a spiritual battle against our sworn enemies. And then second, by looking to Christ for deliverance. We deal with this in our second point, in that we remember the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. When faced with temptations in our lives, we can draw rich comfort from the gospel message. The good news of salvation is that Jesus Christ has already won the victory against Satan. He defeated our adversary at Golgotha. At the time of Christ's crucifixion, it appeared as if Satan were winning the battle. It looked like he had arrayed enough forces against the Son of God to have him murdered. It seemed like he had managed to destroy the kingdom of God. Yet Christ's death was preordained by the Father before the foundation of the world. It was part of God's plan of salvation for mankind. Although at the time Satan didn't realize it, Christ's death was the means by which he was defeated. 
For by his death, Christ made payment for our sins and thereby set us free from the power of the devil. Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15 tells us that since we have flesh and blood, Christ too shared in our humanity, that by his death he might destroy him who had the power over death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. 1 John 3, verse 8 says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Christ came into this world to deal Satan a death blow. He came to deliver his people from out of Satan's clutches. With his death on the cross, the Lord Jesus won the victory over Satan. Through it, he has redeemed us from sin and death. And so in our spiritual battle, we can look to the Lord Jesus for help. For he who has won the battle over Satan will also help us stand firm against his attacks. The Lord Jesus has taught us to pray the sixth petition, so we look to God for our hope and salvation. In it, we ask our Heavenly Father not to lead us into temptation. We're praying that we be spared from the temptations of our enemies. Yet this petition recognizes we're in the midst of a spiritual war. And so we also ask our Father that when we are tempted, he will deliver us from the evil one. Why utter this prayer? Why pray to our Father for help in fighting the good fight? Because God is almighty. Only he can uphold and strengthen us so we do not fall prey to our enemies. In Ephesians 1, verses 20 to 22, Paul says that Christ has been seated at God's right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. He says that God has put all things under his feet. With his ascension into heaven, Christ has received all authority in heaven and on earth. Christ is our king. He is victorious. He rules over us. Christ has dominion over Satan and all his evil forces. Can Satan still tempt us? Indeed he can. But only in so far as Christ allows him. For the Father has given his son power to reign over all things. We see this in the doxology of the Lord's Prayer. There we confess, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. What this ending of the Lord's Prayer teaches us is that God has the power to grant us all the things that we ask of him. Our catechism explains that we are to ask things of God because as our king, having power over all things, he's both willing and able to give us All that is good. Our reading from 1 Corinthians 10 gives a great comfort regarding the temptations that face us in our lives. It tells us that God is faithful. He will not allow us to be tempted beyond our ability. 
It assures us that with the temptations that come upon us, God will provide a way of escape. Beloved, how are you doing in your fight against sin and the devil? Do you quickly fall when temptations come? Have you adopted a defeatist attitude in your struggle against temptation? Perhaps the reason why you fall is you're trying to fight the good fight all on your own. Perhaps you're forgetting the most important thing in your battles against the evil one. Prayer. Our Savior has taught us to pray for help against our enemies. He teaches us to look to him for deliverance from the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. Pour out your hearts before the throne of grace. Ask God to help you withstand Satan's attacks in specific areas of your life where you're struggling. Look above for help and salvation. It's only by remembering the victory of Christ and seeking our strength from him that we will be able to withstand our sworn enemies. Brings us to our final point. And we see that we need to rely on the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Our reading from 1 John 2 reveals a very comforting truth. John's speaking about how we're living in the last days and about how many antichrists have arisen. Then he writes, But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. As God's people, we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit has come to make his home in us. He helps us to understand the truth of the gospel and to live thankful lives. He sanctifies us. He helps us in our battle against the devil, this world, and our sinful flesh. In Ephesians 6, Paul teaches us to put on the whole armor of God and so withstand the attacks of the devil against us. It's God who provides the armor of the Christian soldier. This armor includes knowing the truth, holding fast our righteousness in Christ, and being assured of the gospel of peace. It includes having faith, working with the word of God, and the exercise of prayer. The Spirit is the one who gives us the armor to withstand Satan's attacks. It's by his power and might that we are defended and preserved in the redemption Christ has earned for us. In Matthew 26, verse 41, Christ told his disciples, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Christ spoke these words in the time when he was being tempted in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see how Jesus continued to pray for strength to do his Father's will. We see that his disciples neglected to pray because they were too tired. Christ persevered in his task offering himself as a sacrifice 
for our sins on the cross. His disciples fell into temptation. They deserted their Lord. From this we see how important it is to rely on the power and strength of the Spirit. Therefore, let us watch and pray, lest we enter into temptation. Our catechism shows us the necessity of relying on the strength of the Spirit in our spiritual battle. It teaches us that when we pray the sixth petition, we're asking God to uphold and strengthen us by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that in this spiritual war we may not go down to defeat, but always firmly resist our enemies until we finally obtain the complete victory. From this we see how much we need God's Spirit to dwell in our hearts and to work in our lives. Let's pray for the Spirit to work in us. And beloved, we can do that confidently. For Christ has promised our Heavenly Father will grant the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Beloved, we're involved in a great spiritual battle. It's a battle in which the stakes are very high. It's a battle over our very souls. On the one hand, the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh are arrayed against us. And on the other hand, our ascended Lord is there to defend and preserve us. And between the two, there we stand or fall. We stand as long as we keep our eyes focused on the Savior Jesus Christ and his great victory on the cross. We fall when our eyes are turned away, but we seek after the things of this world. How are we to fight the good fight? As Christian soldiers, we can do, as Christian soldiers, what we can do, as Christian soldiers, what can we do to withstand the attacks of our enemies? Christ taught us to pray to put our confidence in our Heavenly Father. For our Father hears the prayers of His saints. Prayer is most important in helping us stand firm against temptations. That's why Jesus taught us to pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In James 1 verse 12, a rich promise is given to those who persevere to the end. It says... Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to all who love him. Amen.